Welcome to Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast, a podcast intended not just for parents or caregivers, but individuals seeking guidance around challenging behaviors or recurring and negative patterns in your life. Hashtag Parenting Who Podcast aims to have you asking, who am I parenting here, my child or myself? This podcast has a vision of you, the adult, stumbling upon a new relationship with the child you once were. Parenting is no easy task, but it doesn't have to be a burden. We are happy you are here. I'm your host, Julie Clark, child and youth care practitioner, registered psychotherapist and trauma therapist. I want to break down barriers related to stigma and seeking help for mental health. If something in this podcast resonates with you, I urge you to reach out to a licensed or registered healthcare professional. Don't go at it alone and let's get started. Hi there and thank you for tuning in to this intro for Somatic Experiencing Practitioners and the, the ongoing series that I'm going to be doing. I'm Julie Clark, a registered psychotherapist here in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada and Somatic Experiencing Practitioner. I wanted to do this podcast to help uh, inform individuals who are curious about this model. We've been, as a collective whole and and colleague um, and peers, have been talking about the influx of inquiries we're getting about this work. And so I thought that this would be a great way to um, not only give you all some additional insight or sort of gather information that you all have available to you online, but gather information in a bit of a uh, more simplistic way to try and understand a little bit more about what somatic experiencing is. Um, so the main website for somatic experiencing work is through traumahealing.org. It's a U.S.-based but international organization. Uh, somatic experiencing is, we call it SE, and it's a body-oriented therapeutic model that helps to heal trauma and other stress disorders. It's multidisciplinary and intersectional and sort of weaves in stress, physiology, psychology, ethology, biology, neuroscience, indigenous healing, and medical biophysics. And it was developed and is the life's work of Dr. Peter Levine. Dr. Levine was inspired to study stress on the animal nervous system when he realized that animals are constantly under the threat of death yet show no symptoms of trauma. This actually really stood out for me. It was really interesting to me as, I guess you could say I'm an animal lover. What he discovered was that trauma had to do with the third survival response to perceived life threat, and that was freeze. When fight and flight are not options, we freeze, we humans, we're mammals too, and immobilize like playing dead. This makes us less of a target, but this reaction is time sensitive. In other words, it needs to run its course. And the massive influx of energy that was prepared for fight or flight in our mammalian systems, in our autonomic nervous system, when that massive energy that was prepared for fight or flight, it gets discharged through shakes and or trembling. If the mobility phase doesn't complete, then that charge stays trapped in the body. And from the body's perspective, it's still under threat. So Peter Levine and the Somatic Experiencing Method works to release the stored energy and turn off the threat alarm 
that causes severe dysregulation and dissociation. SE helps people to understand this body response to trauma and work through a body-first approach to healing. So myself, as a somatic experiencing practitioner, we are trained through um, a high-level experiential training based on the one-on-one work with our fellow student colleagues and observation, as well as lectures, live demonstrations, guided practice sessions, audiovisual cases, suggested readings, and our own personal somatic sessions that if we're going to become a practitioner, we're required to do those personal SE sessions in order to deepen the experiential knowledge. And this helps us to refine our somatic awareness, not just just for ourselves, but also for our clients, and build capacity for our individual self-regulation. Essentially, we become co-regulators in in the room with our clients. And SE can be taught to and is practiced from a body worker perspective. So like a cranial sacral therapist, physiotherapist, occupational therapist, um, I think massage therapist, not I think, I know a massage therapist. Um, I can't remember if I said that, but a lot of body workers and other physical and healthcare providers. So it's not just for mental health clinicians like myself. And I love that because there's a real subset of skills that those colleagues of mine that are body workers have that I don't have and vice versa. And so it makes for a lot of really rich conversation. And I apologize. (laughs) My dog's protecting me in my house. There's a dog walking by. (laughs) We have to do a series of eight training modules that vary between four to six days in length. And there is a beginning one, two, and three an intermediate one, two, and three, and then an advanced one and two. So the advanced one and two is the six days, the others are all four days, and it's approximately every three months apart dispersed over that two and a half year or so period. And there is the third cohort that I mentioned earlier is wrapping up their advanced two uh, tonight, actually. So it's very exciting. And there'll be a new influx of qualified individuals here in and around the Ottawa and Eastern Canada regions. Um, And on that note, if you're looking for a practitioner and you've landed on this podcast, if you go to traumahealing.org, there is a find a practitioner tab in the top right hand corner. And so not everybody is listed in that directory. It's not mandatory, it's by choice. And so um, what I've done on my website julieclarktherapy.com is start to list a number of independent associates who do somatic experiencing. And then together through the various interviews under this series, you'll be introduced to some of them and can get to know their work. So I think that's it for now. I just, I guess we'll just leave it short and sweet. And then through the series, you'll gain information, you might have more questions, and we want to hear from you. So please leave a comment in the comment section wherever you're listening to this podcast, or you could contact us at info at julieclarktherapy.com, and that's Clark with an E, and we'd love to hear from you, and I hope that you have found this series helpful. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Hi, Julie. 
Hi, so nice to have you join me on my podcast. Yes, it's exciting. I know. I've been wanting to have you actually do an interview with you for a while. So thanks for taking time today. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah. Yeah. So let's get right into it. And I'm wondering, Candy, if I could ask you to start. Uh, let me know what led you to, to somatic experiencing work. Well, I in um in the year 2000, I went to a trauma conference in Boston and they had all the big wigs in the field of um, psychology there um, talking. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't even heard of Pierre Levine or somatic experiencing, but I was in a workshop and I didn't really, wasn't liking it. And gosh, there was so many good. So I just walked, happened to walk into his room um and he was pushing having a woman push her feet against a couch mm -hmm. and on the floor and I was intrigued so I sat down and um and at the time I was a um a psychotherapist but I was also a registered play therapist mm -hmm. and when I watched Peter Levine work with this woman and having her push on this uh couch and he was waking up her fight response. Her, she was. He was getting her legs embodied in her story. And mm -hmm. when you work with children, you see this quite often, right? Like they're so embodied and they're moving mm -hmm. um, in their flight and fight. And so mm -hmm. a light bulb went off my head. In my head, I was like, "Oh, this is it. This is what my kiddos are doing." Mm -hmm. um, and he really helped me understand how come that was so helpful for the regulation of their nervous system. Mm. So after I got home from that, I found a training and I lived in South Carolina at the time. I found a training in North Carolina and I have not turned back. <laughs> so. You know, just to sort of feel like you're not resonating with some of the other, um, whatever teachings I guess you could say just in that moment at that time it's not good or bad right or wrong no. but to sort of switch rooms and walk into Peter's room and first of all I'm in awe that you've watched his magic in person I have to say that it's not happened right. for me yet right um but then that resonance around the work that you were seeing did you understand the nervous system piece like is that training that you brought into that day in that moment with you or was there the evolution of that came with the training and somatic experiencing when you joined it no that evolution came when i joined um joined the practice of somatic experiencing but mm -hmm. what i did understand and the light bulb that went off in my head was, oh my gosh, in the playroom with these kiddos. Mm -hmm. And I did extrapolate that up into my, the adults I worked with also. Mm -hmm. But in the playroom with the kiddos, um, we have four different categories of toys. And one of them are aggressive toys. And parents are always like, I don't want my kids playing with guns or knives mm -hmm. or swords or something. And, um, and but I had this understanding, the reason that they're in the playroom, you know, killing me and mm -hmm. um, winning this uh, response was the, their completion of a fight response. Mm -hmm. And they would also like chase me around the room with this frenetic kind of energy and they'd want to win. Mm -hmm. And that's a completion of the flight response. So mm -hmm. 
all Peter Levine talked about how important completing these defensive responses are, which logically to adults does not make sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like, why are we doing that? But if you start to understand nervous system regulation, you know, mm-hmm. at, at that time in 2000, I was thinking, you know, I just want the children to be more regulated and be mm-hmm. able to use their whole brain and to go out mm-hmm. and make good choices, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I understood the completion of the defensive responses and how they show up in mm-hmm. adults in their talk, but in children in their play and mm-hmm. what we're doing in somatic experiencing is helping everybody get more embodied and mm-hmm. in touch with their senses and, and just how their, um, bodies and brains show up and tell them, Hey, it's time to run. It's time to mm-hmm. fight. It's mm-hmm. time to freeze and get small. Okay. Mm-hmm. Time to move through those. Mm-hmm. Come back. Move through them and not fear them, which is often what I see in the adult work that I do is the embodiment brings on fear because it's been so disconnected. It's lack of understanding in quite the way that we understand and are trained. And then it, it brings on additional turmoil and challenges and obstacles and stuckness, doesn't it? Well, and you know, Julie, what I say, adults have forgotten mm-hmm. to, they've forgotten that they even have a body. I mm-hmm. say people with trauma often have a head mm-hmm. and a gut mm-hmm. and don't even know they have arms and legs. So how are they going to complete their defensive responses if they're not even aware of mm-hmm. their, their uh, des- not desire, but their body's instinct to mobilize mm-hmm. right there's so that's much, that stuckness yeah that's so that much stuckness. mobilization yeah. and in our um nervous systems and that's mm-hmm. when you know when people come to see us first right like you can find the stuckness as a mobilization and help them bring it into movement so they can come home mm-hmm. I love too how you said, because um, we had that in common, and um, I always consider you, full disclosure here <laughs> for anyone listening, a mentor to me. Um, I met you in my SE training up here in Ottawa, Ontario, and we had in common the fact that we saw children. And there was, for me anyways, there was this familiarity around this playfulness that we had, you and I. Um, and it's just grown in two years later and us connecting in a lot of ways, including today for this podcast. Um, but for you, I, I really love this sort of, you know, entity of seeing the work that you did with the children and you extrapolate what the, you've learned playing with kids in the playroom and what they've taught you essentially, yeah. And can you speak a little bit, and maybe it's a bigger conversation for a whole other podcast, but like extrapolating with the adults that you work with, um, trying to remind them how to play is something I know you've said to me before, but can you speak a little bit more about that? Well, um, really um, important. If we've lost the capacity to play because as adults, what do we do? We go and we think and we believe certain things and we've lost a lot of us our ability to even imagine anymore mm-hmm. and much less play and play is this you know we're all talking now about meditation right i want a meditation mm-hmm. so i can be embodied well play is is like this human meditation because you're if you're playing you're in the here and now 
mm-hmm. if you're playing, you're embodied, mm-hmm. right? And adults think there's no time to play because I got work to do. Mm-hmm. And what did they say? I'll work and no play, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. that's not as a recipe for disaster. <laughs> so in, in times like today, you know, with everything happening globally, much less mm-hmm. locally, we mm-hmm. really have got to get back into that mm-hmm. play. And sometimes adults will talk ourselves out of play because no, now I have to be what's happening in the world. No, mm-hmm. you need to play so that you can come into the here and now so that you can have your whole brain available mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. you can, um, you know, be more relational and reasonable and more open. Right. Mm-hmm. So play is one road in there mm-hmm. and it's a road back home to the here and the now and to mm-hmm. joy. Mm-hmm. And I think we're missing a lot of that when we get so serious. I even say that I work in trauma every day for the last mm-hmm. 35 years, you know, mm-hmm. or 30 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, a play is part of whether I work with adults or children. We're, we're just because somatic experiencing is we're helping people experience this because mm-hmm. the new science says we need to experience. We need to get back into that trauma in an experiential way and help that will help us move through it we can't think our way through it no 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 and and I've I say that like that is sort of the evolution of me learning this model and practicing it is sometimes those are the words that come out of my mouth is we there are some things we cannot think ourselves out of (laughs) and and that becomes a moment of pause in the therapy session because it's like wait, what? Like, that's a concept, (laughs) you know? And then something you just said about coming back to the whole brain and, you know, accessing that. Um, Earlier, you talked about how we've lost our capacity as adults to play and we're so much in our head. Yes. Something you said, and you, you touched upon this one time, a really long time ago that stuck with me is how we lead with fear. We, we will often like, yes, we're responsible and there's work to be done, but yeah. we can, we can get lost in fear. And I don't know if my children were learning how to drive at the time, but there was this like, I would create these scenarios in my head yeah. when they were five minutes late, <laughs> where yeah. they were like in the river upside down, stuck with the seatbelt and they weren't going to get out of their car and I'm going to get the phone call. And I was catastrophizing this because I was so afraid of this new entity that was their, <laughs> you know, their migration towards adulthood. And you said something to me once you'd say, you'd say to your kids and, and I don't know if this happened after your first, or maybe it was your first, you were just that brilliant, but you know, you said something like when they would leave, you'd said, make good choices. You were trusting them to yeah. make good choices and empowering them, but not maybe you felt the fear, but you weren't leaning with the fear. Do you remember that scenario or talking to me about that? I do. I do. But I think I say it just a little bit differently though. Sure. Like- because instead of make good choices, mm-hmm. I, I'd say, I, I just added a little bit before that. I'd say, you know, like, uh, kiddo, like, I, I'm trusting you that you're going to make, you know, good choices. Mm-hmm. And I'm leaving them expanding their brain. Like, I trust you. And mm-hmm. it sort of puts them in this double bind, right? Like, because, you know, 
part of their developmental thing is to be impulsive and to be, uh, you know, peer related and all mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. So good choices aren't always a part of that. But mm-hmm. but if you sort of give them this directive, you know, like I trust you, I trust mm-hmm. you. I know you can make good choices. And I would often add for your body, right? Because I'm always directing. Mm-hmm whoever Thanks. I'm working with or my own kiddos or whatever into their bodies and into their emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Nice. 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 Yeah. And so you talked about um, obviously being a psychotherapist and a play therapist and then evolved into SE. And I'm curious for you, um, how did SE training, SE knowledge, SE work change you both personally and professionally? I know it did me in ways I never could have anticipated and I'm absolutely grateful for. Um, how did you find that SE work and that knowledge changed you? Well, um, you know, I think SE has changed me both personally and professionally mm-hmm. and um number one it makes you know going to work just like this great joy every day because mm-hmm. I get to watch people's nervous systems and help direct them into their brain and body connection in a way that takes away like the shame of their mental health issues and puts mm-hmm. it into this more um biological physiological um realm paradigm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it did that for me too, right? Like, because I had done lots of talk therapy for myself and with other people by the time I found SE. Mm-hmm. And the hardest thing was, is that, you know, like, I mean, I am a very good student. I mean, I would be doing, using all of these tools my therapist gave me and I'd be reading all the books and, oh mm-hmm. my God. And then I'd get into a situation and there I would be again in mm-hmm. my um, trauma and my overwhelm and in, in a place that was really shameful and mm-hmm. humbling and you know just Essie I, I, gave me hope personally mm-hmm. and professionally mm-hmm. I've watched so many people shift with with this you know mm-hmm. and from you know a more like uh, an example I can give you is I used mm-hmm. to have panic attacks and okay. uh, and so in SE, um, what they ask you to do um, is, and, and this was as an adult, right? But I, I do this with kids and with adults, right? Like, so when I was having a panic attack, it felt like I couldn't breathe, right? And it felt mm-hmm. like I wasn't in control and it was happening so fast and um, totally out of my control and so, so scary, right? But what SE teaches you to do and what I think kiddos know how to do more than we do mm-hmm. is to sort of, SE is about going slow and mm-hmm. feeling it. So even in the middle of this fast panic attack, um, what I did is instead of trying a tool, which I had used many mm-hmm. tools in my past, mm-hmm. I didn't. I slowed down. I listened to my nervous system. And I was able to learn how to sit with my nervous system and understand that I was wanting to, to flight or fight. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I just used my imagination, which is play. And I would imagine like myself getting out of this big crowd I was in and Mm -hmm. I wasn't actually running out of it or Mm -hmm. anything. I was just imagining it. Mm -hmm. Right. And I would also bring in my allies, which is something SE taught us to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and so I would just imagine I was surrounded being held by, 
you know, my allies. And I can even feel just like even talking about this now, mm-hmm. my system starts to settle, right? Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. breath starts to become a little deeper and I can mm-hmm. feel it now in my belly. Mm-hmm. So I learned to track my body, my sensations and sit with my really big overwhelm mm-hmm. and then have it move through me. And I, you know, just being able to play with, you know, some of these really big things that people have been stuck with that I was stuck with for a long time and tried so many different ways to Mm -hmm. do that. And Essie is like, it actually works. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's the moving, it's a human experience and Yeah. yeah. And it, and it, you know, for me, and, and that's what I always talk to people about as a psychotherapist, I'm not, there's no hierarchy here. There's no, you know, just because I'm a therapist and you're coming in and seeking some guidance, some assistance here. Yeah. I'm someone that's had to go through stuff as well. I really want to normalize that because I don't want to be put up on some sort of pedestal that things are different for me because I I have this title and we're in this position. Right. Um, you know, and so to, and everything you just talked about is what I had in mind too, just in my own personal experience is not fearing going through and moving through things. Why? Because we've gotten, gotten, I don't know if that's a proper grammar, but I'm going to go with it. We've gotten to the other side. Yes. <laughs> and I, that's where this like image of a pot of gold at the, at the end of the rainbow comes up for me because it's not something that I knew I was striving for, but just through that my own evolution and how I hear you just described yours, there's yep. this loveliness over here through all of the overwhelm and all of the fear and the panic. There's this place that we discover as SE practitioners and someone doing nervous system work that is like, whoa, this is, it works. And this is a different perspective from which to view life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. So many, so many of our clients after, you know, a couple of sessions, you know, tell us like, I feel hope for the first time Mm -hmm. and, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. even decades. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and it's such interesting work. I was just working with a, uh, how old is she? I think like 11. Mm-hmm. And um, she's having something where she's afraid of throwing up. Right. So mm-hmm. she's having trouble going to school, all this kind of stuff. And, and her mom and her were in the room with me and we spent a good 15 minutes where we followed her swallow. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so she would swallow and get really tense and then all of a sudden she would get this nice big breath and then and it was just and I could tell her mom was over here like are we using her time wisely (laughs) and and I was I was sitting in my seat going mom stay with me here yeah fast using my time of our time you know this is really what when your daughter goes home she's going to have a harder time getting stuck in that old pattern of holding her breath and trying to swallow down her fear and her, her worry and her anxiety. She's now got this movement Mm -hmm. between swallow and breath, this opening in her um, throat. And so all that is, uh, is living in the land of somatic experiencing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, then the panic and the anxiety overthrowing less and shift and, Mm -hmm. And, and the then, ease comes in. There's so much yeah. ease, yeah, that yeah. people are then, getting access to all of a sudden. 
Yes. And then people tell their friends. They're like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, you got this again. She does this weird thing. I have no mm-hmm. idea what it is, but <laughs> it works. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, exactly. They're, they can put words to it and then people kind of look at them sideways going, okay, what's, you know, what's going on with you or what is this person practicing on you? But, um, and that's what I say too. It's, it's intoxicating once you get tapped into the ease of the new experience. And um, I also say this too, and if you had the answer to this, I would bow to you right now, but I say, I say, you created a new experience for yourself. And I'm like, I'm sure that's why he called it somatic experiencing Peter Levine. (laughs) Um, Because to, to tap into something that feels so much easier than being afraid of vomiting and doing the managing that has to happen around that, um, you know, and to tap into something that just feels lighter and airier and more like yourself as you knew yourself to be prior to worrying about vomiting. Cause there would have been a time where this 11, 11 year old maybe wasn't afraid of vomiting. Um, oh, exactly. Mm-hmm. And you know, like when the, when this little girl and her parents came in, you know, they'd already tried all the tools, mm-hmm. you know, like dad had a big list for her was, you know, like meditate, do kind things for others, do a gratitude journal, all these things we hear about, they're all great. Mm-hmm. I love them. Mm-hmm. But also when you understand the nervous system, and as soon as she gets over, I might throw up or somebody might throw mm-hmm. up, mm-hmm. she's lost her whole brain. Mm-hmm. She can't get into, I'm going to meditate at this time, or I'm going to be great. Think about what I'm Yeah, She can for. access the tools that are there that they lovingly put together. Right. And it was so loving and, you know, great. But mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is, is like, then they won't work because she doesn't have that line. And then mm-hmm. so later she'll feel shame and her parents will say to her, why didn't you use your tools? Mm-hmm. She'll be like, oh man, I'm bad. There's the shame spiral. I had all those tools and I didn't use them. Yeah. And the somatic experiencing, I'm not asking her to use any of her tools except, you know, like next time you notice yourself swallowing, slow down. Mm-hmm. And maybe like swallow three more times and just see what happens next. Mm-hmm. And have no agenda for anything to happen differently. Just present with what is. And listen away to your overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And In support with, with you all yeah. being there and just watching and observing and supporting and making it yeah. feel safe, even though our body doesn't feel safe in the moment. That's a big right. part of it too, right? exactly that's mm-hmm. why it's courageous work yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah do you find candy i know for myself up here in canada because you're down in the united states um yeah. for us here particularly in my area ottawa i'm getting a lot of specific requests for somatic work so yeah. and that's that's even different from when i first graduated doing se people weren't necessarily and some people still don't know what it is but people yeah. um just the sheer volume of referrals or inquiries I'm getting specifically about somatic work um, has people are more educated. They're doing their own research. They're resonating with this work, you know, based on watching a video or something. Have you noticed that as well? Or has that been an ongoing thing for as long as you've been doing this? Has something shifted or changed or is it just my experience? Well, Julie, I mean, I've been, I started this in 2000. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like, at the beginning, I had to retrain all of my clients. Like, <laughs> we're not going to do this talking anymore. That's how much I believed in it. Yeah. Um, and luckily, there was this well of trust built up within them mm-hmm. where we were able to shift and do this. But 
pretty much now, you know, like um, all of my clients have found me through other people who have told them, you mm-hmm. really want to do this somatic experiencing work. You really want to do this somatic work. And I get, you know, many referrals, you know, weekly um, yeah. for that wanting to do this work. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so just, it's but I becoming think it's more and more really, known. I think it's really, really, yes, what people want to do. And once you hear about it, you'll hear about it everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the funny thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you'll be like, oh, I didn't even know about this. And now it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And then the other thing too is uh, acknowledging you're a mental health clinician. I'm a mental health clinician, but there are a number of individuals that go through and become somatic experiencing practitioners who work in other disciplines. Yes. And so curiously, what is your experience and how those other disciplines can augment maybe a case that you're working on, or maybe um, someone that you feel is beyond your scope of practice in a specific area that someone else over here specializes in in this particular, whatever it is. Um, if, I'm wondering if you have some general thoughts about that for the listeners that maybe are interested in doing the work, but don't have access to someone who's in mental health or, or anything of that nature. Well, that's one of the cool things too, about Peter Levine is that he believes um, that we need a village to heal. Mm-hmm. And he wants pretty much everybody to be doing and learning somatic experiencing and I'm on his page. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very cool thing, you know, like, because when I was trained in my training in psychology, it was sort of like, you know, stay in your lane and we do this. And, and, um, and I love that, but it wasn't like, you know, go out and look and use these resources. So it really feels like we have this village, you know? So if I'm working with someone and I'm like, okay, wait, I'm feeling stuck here, you know, but Mm -hmm. let's go move this through with this, you know, body worker or sound Mm -hmm. or move through movement therapy. And it's like using all of these resources, Mm -hmm. um, it just, um, is so healing and, um, think all of us SE people have now worked with so many different um you know different modalities that we're all like oh yes now try this and mm-hmm. it's yeah. really really exciting to move people out of their stuck places yeah and exciting is the word that I have in mind as you're talking um yeah. and we have so much to learn like my yes. experience I don't think I don't know the last psychology thing I've done it's like I'm always into this body work or embryology or mm-hmm. you know like generational trauma mm-hmm. I mean there's so many ways so many roads to roam mm-hmm. yeah no it's really exciting and and even that piece like you said like I have so much to learn I always love talking to body workers because that is not yeah. how I'm trained and so yeah you know there's oh three things I could go to right now that would just prolong our chat here today. And I, I'll just leave that for another day, but um, so much to learn about those who come into somatic experiencing from a different discipline, a different lens in which and scope in which they practice. And, and it is exciting ultimately. Right. Um, I just, before we get ready to wrap up candy, I was remembering yeah. something that uh, again, I'm just enjoying sort of this conversation and even just the evolution of our friendship over time. And, yeah. Um, I've, I've t- often told people this and I feel like I've told you this, but, um, <laughs> when 
I have a client in my office who's having some profound shifts and changes in their life because of the nervous system work that we're doing. (laughs) They will sometimes come out the other side and just kind of have this like look on their face, like, wow, you know, what just happened? And so I, I kind of, I, in that moment, I feel like a time when you and I first met, you were assisting a triad because we, yep. in our SE training, we do the experiential piece as well. It's not just lecture, Yeah. which by the way, I absolutely hated. <laughs> I just absolutely hated it. I was like, I, I literally came to that part of the training, like dragging my feet and, you know, being an observer over here. And uh, so I, I laugh because I've come so, so far, but there was, and I distinctly remember the location in Vanier where we were at our training, you were assisting and I can't remember if it was beginning one or beginning two. Yeah. Um, and I, I think we were noticing our breath or something. That was the focus of, of the uh, task and the movement and just noticing what your body wants to do and, you know, really coming into that like intimate sort of embodied practice in a way that was very structured, but different, you know, yeah. um, but didn't feel unsafe, right? There was this, the whole container of safety. And at one point you're like, I'm thinking it, but you're like, listen, this stuff is just weird. And I'm like, threw down the pen. I'm like, thank you for saying that. (laughs) I just needed that to be named because I was having this like, what the fuck? (laughs) Because I believed in it and I was still there and I was like, it was holding me there. But I was like, everything else was like, absolutely not get the hell out of this. And then for you as my mentor and someone that I was really connecting with to name it in that way was so profound for me. Um, so I just, I just wanted to share that as part of our, our chat today, because, um, I use it, like I, I help people to normalize the experience and this kind of like what the S kind of way that they're having in sharing that experience I had with you. So that was a pivotal, pivotal moment for us, for me (laughs) with you. Yeah. 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 It is very weird. You know, if people say that to me all the time, like, what, what just happened? What are we doing? Mm -hmm. And at the same time, we're really grounded in the here and now, and we're really grounded Mm -hmm. in our bodies. So there's Mm -hmm. this safety. That's what I love about it. And we go so slow, Julie, Mm -hmm. because you were talking, Mm -hmm. you know, like about this sort of evolution until you got to this place where you really could open up more to let the, you know, quote weirdness in. And the weird Mm -hmm. just means, you know, like, we're as a culture we've gotten so far from our ability to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and and to lean into the mystery and Mm -hmm. with somatic experiencing you know it's a courageous little work we're doing you know Mm -hmm. people will get uncomfortable and it's mysterious Mm -hmm. and we go so slow and titrated into that work Mm -hmm. that there's enough and listen to what you said there was enough trust built you know Mm -hmm. that that we could connect with each other and mm-hmm. Go, mm-hmm, this is yeah. weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go in, like walk into the mystery together and not alone because I don't know if I would have. Oh no, I know. You know, there yeah. was resonance enough for me to be in the training and taken on, but you know, and I'm so grateful and thankful that I did. And yeah, I think you guys were the first little group. Yes, we were. Yeah. yeah. And they're about to start their fourth one in September, 2022 which I love. I love because yeah. I, I am a dual citizen. So I'm Canadian and have a place yeah. up in Pembroke. So yeah. 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 I remember when I found that out too, I was like, what? 
what? <laughs> um, so one last thing, I, I guess the other thing too, that what we just talked about, um, it brought my attention back to something that I haven't talked with uh, the others that I've interviewed and is absolutely yeah. imperative is the fact that we as practitioners do this work and have to do it in the training, but in the experiential training, but also in the consult hours yeah. Um, towards our practitioner status, status or certification. Yeah. Um, but the fact that we are doing the regulation work ourselves is what allows us to sit and be in the presence of the mystery and not have the chaotic nervous systems that, you know, I know I brought into the training and at yeah. times it comes back. I mean, it's yeah. not a perfect, you know, solution, yeah. but it's that regulation that we bring into the room, into the conversation to help, the clients. And that's, that's a lot different than some of the other modalities that are out there in terms of teaching and, and whatnot, isn't it? Well, you're making a really good point here, right? Because I was with a group of practitioners a couple weekends ago at a, um, actually with Amber Gray, who does um, polyvagal work through mm -hmm. movement. Mm -hmm. So it was a bunch of, um, I think I was the only psychotherapist, a lot of movement therapists, yoga, embodied practitioners. And, um, and they were talking about being a psychotherapist in trauma and how, you know, they uh, could easily be this receptacle for everybody's trauma. Mm -hmm. I thought to myself, okay, Candy, you know, I'm always willing to like learn and mm -hmm. grow. I'm like, okay, wait, do I feel like a receptacle for people's trauma? <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I really, I hadn't heard you that. You want to be open to that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I was like, you know, I was in a really like open embodied place at this beautiful workshop. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I thought to myself, you just said, Julie, right? Like mm -hmm. with SE, I don't feel like that. I mm -hmm. feel like... Um, I, I feel like I, you know, I get to walk with people on their mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. I'm really well boundaried and knowing and mm -hmm. being able to have this, you know, like, this is you, this is your story. This is your turn. Mm -hmm. And I'm here walking with you, like honored to be like, you know, be able to be in this vulnerable healing spot with you. Mm -hmm. But really, I think I, don't feel like I'm the receptacle of people's trauma. I feel like I'm like honored to walk with somebody with their mm -hmm. trauma. And mm -hmm. I think that people recognize that because one thing uh, we know as SE practitioners, because we are watching people's bodies mm -hmm. and we're watching how they show up um, in defensive responses or, or however they're just showing up in whatever part of the story they're in. And what we know also is they're watching us, mm -hmm. right? Like one time when I was in a triad, I, this woman talked about um, having a knife stab in her um, throat and she mm -hmm. showed her and mm -hmm. her practitioner jolted. And mm -hmm. I watched the client start to take care of the practitioner. And mm -hmm. I Oh, this is so interesting. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes, yes, yes. That's how attuned we are. Mm -hmm. And that's why I think somatic experiencing is exquisite because we know how we're trained how to be with mm -hmm. without going into. Mm -hmm. and so we can hold that space. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's just sounds like it feels like a lot of work. The idea of being, cause my idea of a receptacle is like holding onto or moving through. And I'm just like, ah, I don't want to be that. Like, that's a lot of work. 
I know. You know. I was thinking when she said that, I was like, okay, maybe I have to quit if I'm that. I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, I'm gonna maybe quit this weekend. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's just you know, it's a lovely opportunity to have conversations, to have these like moments of reflection in the work that we do, to once again, you know be that boundary person you know yourself to be in that groundedness and and solidify the resource that is the training and the ongoing work that we do um yeah. that's the same vision that I have and I speak to it on my website as a as an um as a branding sort of it's like the therapeutic relationship is like no other relationship in your life I walk alongside I don't walk on your life path with you I'm alongside you temporarily until we clear the fog that's it and then you're you're off to go live your life the way that you know optimally hopefully that's the goal um and that's where my pride comes in and that's the work that I want to do and that feels easiest for me and so grateful for the opportunity as an SE practitioner to have the modality and the science to back it up and, and the support and, you know, all of the, um, well, even just the community as a whole, you talk about needing a village to heal. I'm chatting with you today and other SE practitioners because there's this village worldwide internationally that's been created. Um, and I travel anywhere and connect with an SE. I did it when I was in Alberta back in 2020. I'm like, there must be one somewhere. And we went for a virtual walk. You know, I couldn't go to her house because COVID was active at that point, but met up with her, never met her before, never talked to her, but she was an SE. So there was this immediate connection, which was, uh, and of course we knew common people and anyhow, so that's the village that we create as professionals to be able to do this challenging and difficult work. And so I'm always grateful for our chats, Candy. I'm grateful for your time today on a Sunday and I look forward to, um, yeah, to what's to come. Thank you very much, Julie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now, before we wrap up, could you yeah. share a little bit about any listeners who might be interested in checking you out, connecting with you? I know you probably aren't taking new clients, but, um, you know, maybe there's some services that you can offer if people have questions or, yeah. So what's your website? Yeah, my website is um, candysmithcounseling.com. Mm-hmm. And, um, I am not taking any new clients at this time, mm-hmm. but I'm looking, um, I'm looking to live part-time up at my cottage in Pembroke. And mm-hmm. so kind of wanting to start a community there or to help, mm-hmm. um, people in that area. And, mm-hmm. um, so just kind of open to kind of what that brings, but, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's so I'll just add, I don't know if you knew this, but we spell counseling up here with two L's. So Candy Smith Counseling is counseling, C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G.com. <laughs> just because we're that different, you know, we spell neighbor with a U, color with a U. That's just how we roll up here. So counseling is another one of those exceptions. So you can check out Candy at CandySmithCounseling.com. And you have an, a lovely video on there, if I recall. Oh, yeah, just looked up um, I do you yeah you have a lovely yeah. video of you doing some work about what is somatic experiencing yeah so people exactly. can check that out as well awesome yeah, definitely. great well thank you so much for your time today have a good rest of the day you too okay bye bye thank you for joining me today please remember that information provided in this podcast is not therapy and is not a substitute for receiving help 
from a licensed or regulated healthcare professional. For more information on this episode and links discussed here today, please see the show notes. Please also visit my website, which includes more resources and social media links, as well as ways of getting in touch with me at julieclarktherapy.com.